Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Motion Picture Massacre is dedicated to exploitation, cult, grindhouse, and horror films from the last 7,500 fucking years. I don't fucking know. It's everything. If you're interested in that, check out motionpicturemasker.com or if you're on iTunes, search Motion Picture Massacre and you'll find it. This has been your announcer, Cowardly Fuck Your Bags, signing off. Eat a dick. The Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Ah, there's an interesting story behind this nickel. In 1957, I remember it was. I got up in the morning and made myself a piece of toast. I sent the toaster to three medium brown. In the moonlight where the blue eyes grow Take a one one until you beat the heat I got a semi-automatic underneath my seat Boss sufficient line, yeah, 40-pound test Treble hooks are gonna do the rest Temptation, salvation Meditation, destination's where you wanna be And I went down to Garberville Looking for a friend I went down to Garberville And I never returned again I went down to Carverville just looking for a sign Where there's a will, then there's a way to leave it all behind Behind, I'm gonna leave it behind, leave it behind Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Yeah? It, yeah. Is your house all fixed? No, <laughs> it's not going that good. Oh, okay. Let's not get crazy now. No, in fact, uh, after going through the, the pain and agony of picking out granite, uh, we got a call today saying, oh, remember that granite you picked out? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, what's the word? Broken. <laughs> so we had to go pick out other granite because somebody broke it. The, the guy that's like supposed to carve the granite into the, the counter shape, the, the fabricator, if you will. He says it was delivered that way, and the granite people who deliver said granite were like, no, we don't break granite when we deliver it. I don't know. All I know is it's not my fault. No, and it's not, not your problem either. Yeah, well, it is kind of my problem because How I don't want to let problem? these bozos like... just pick out any piece of granite for me. So. Oh, okay. You're not paying for that. Broken oh, God, granite. no, I'm not paying for of it. Of course. No, that would be an interesting conversation right there. <laughs> I would want that on the Bone Bat show right there. Mm-hmm. 
no, we're not. We're not paying for <laughs> somebody. Somebody made a mistake here, and, and there is no way it can be my fault, which is a really rare occasion. Right. Yeah, but so no. Anyway, it's nice to be back home because the last podcast we did from an undisclosed location. I can disclose now. I was at my in-laws. You sound a lot better now. The last episode, the sound was kind of dodgy. I apologize for that. This is much better back in your your warm womb of podcastery, as it were. Yes, back in the palatial Bone Bat South Studios. <laughs> Not as nice as Bone Bat North Studios, but this is a satellite studio, so what do you expect? <laughs> now, the only real disappointing thing is, is the food situation here, because while I was gone... Like, the magic elves didn't come and magically restock my cupboard and fridge, or garage, actually, with a bunch of stuff that I want. Yeah. It's like the same crap that I left. It's still there, except it's older and crappier. And I, I really, I had a craving, and when I get a craving, like, I've got to satisfy. I had a craving for a root beer float, because in my head, we had both ice cream and root beer left here. And I, I okay. discovered we have ice cream and no freaking root beer. Oh, that sucks. It's just, and I'm like, oh, I can make a Coke float or a ginger ale. No, it's just not. It's just not right. So I'm drinking a ginger ale and not having a root beer float. And I'll be damned if I'm going to go out, like go buy somebody else's root beer float, you know, some root beer float store or something. Like what, A&W has them, don't they? Do they still have A&W around? You know, I don't know. Do they still have A&W? I don't know, man. I haven't seen one in a long, long time. Of course, there's the unmentionable Dairy Queen, but... <laughs> I don't. I don't think we want to go there. What's your problem with Dairy Queen again? My problem with Dairy Queen, and it is it is absolutely not the fault of Dairy Queen, and I'm I'm not implying that Dairy Queen in any way encourages or condones this kind of behavior. But I at one point in my life saw a hobo take a bright orange shit on the wall of a Dairy Queen, <laughs> and it's forever sullied Dairy Queen in my in my mind. I, I can't look at a DQ and not think of hobo crap. <laughs> you see, that, that's funny because I dislike Dairy Queen for a totally different reason. Their food sucks. <laughs> huh. Seriously, it, it, the funny thing is, like, they start with the same basic ingredients that probably end up in a Big Mac or a Whopper. But for some reason, their burgers are just shittier. And I can't understand why. And maybe a hobo has something to do with it. <laughs> But, I don't know, maybe that's what happened to the hobo. Maybe yeah, he was, like, returning it. In the hierarchy of burger joints, I rate very little below Dairy Queen. It's just atrocious. That's not to say I won't occasionally have a blizzard or one of their ice cream treats, but, yeah, I, I avoid their food as often as possible. I don't even think of them as a anything except an ice cream type store. I mean, it's, dairy is right there in their, their name. Yeah, but having children who play sports and different events, occasionally you're forced to go there because that's where the end-of-season trophy party is. <laughs> oh, God. I hope that never happens to me. So, yeah, occasionally you're you're forced to choke down some DQ. But I, can, I don't think I could do it. All I would just envision <laughs> is this, this hobo taking this bright orange duke <laughs> on the wall right outside the DQ. Now, and, I, I wonder, was, was this like just a... <laughs> crime of opportunity <laughs> or was he actually you know searching for dq for this purpose maybe he was delivering a message i don't know all i know is it was early in the morning the sun was just coming up the birds were chirping it was still a little brisk out and i was walking 
to the store to get like I don't remember something to enjoy on that beautiful morning. And what to my wondering eyes should appear but a hobo making a bright orange smear <laughs> on the wall of a DQ. Well played, sir. Yeah, thank you. DQ stands for disqualified <laughs> from your from my culinary list yeah. of acceptable locations. Oh man, sorry, DQ. There's nothing that you know they could they could completely turn that franchise around and become like a real high end Kobe beef burger joint with. Hand-packed organic ice cream treats, and I still I wouldn't be able to uh, to enter one. <laughs> wow. The place is dead to me. Well, let's talk about our music this week. Hey, let's. <laughs> to completely segue away from shitty things. <laughs> yeah, it's the Nickel Slots. It's my friend Paul's band, the Nickel Slots, and I'm sure he appreciates us playing it on the show where we open talking about hobos and feces because <laughs> nothing sells country music like hobos and feces my dad always said now you may remember the nickel slots from way back in episode 33 when we first featured them they have a brand new album called five miles gone which i hope that you will sample for yourself uh, first tune this evening was called garberville and we'll be hearing a little more during the show as well as discussing the band a little bit but darn, darn little bit. Let's, let, as a matter of fact, let's let's get right into what pisses us off, because frankly, I've got a bone to pick with the nickel slots. Uh Oh, they just did a West Coast tour. Oh, is this going to be the nickel slot episode? <laughs> I don't think so. But they're they're touring up the coast. They're hitting all the high spots, hitting the big cities, playing their music, taking their music to the masses. And they get to Portland and they do an about face. They're right there. Come to Seattle. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's harsh. Come on, guys. I asked him about that, and they just said, yeah, well. Fuck Steve. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's as if you were a fly on the wall. That's what it's like. <laughs> Next to a bright orange. <laughs> Never mind. Well, what is- exactly does one have to eat anyway? For <laughs> Actually, let's not get into hobo cuisine. Yeah, that, that is unfortunate. As I understand it, the nickel slots has some friends up in Portland. And so they they structured the trip to to go all the way to Portland and then uh, and then turn around. They didn't even make it over to Bend, which well, would have been a great place to play. Not to put too fine a point on it, but they've got some friends in Seattle too, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Sheesh. I don't know. You know what though? Uh, on a, just a little aside, on the live music note, two Bone Bat Show alumnus bands are playing this year at the Bumbershoot Festival over Labor Day weekend in Seattle. The Butthole Surfers and nice. Reverend, Reverend Horton Yee. Hey, cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So if you're going to be in town that weekend, which I will not, go see some Bone Bat show music, man. Tell them Bone Bat sent you. Absolutely. Fucking loop. So what pisses you off, man? You know what pisses me off? What? What pisses me off is people who have a PhD who feel the need to inform me, to make a deal out of the fact that they hold a doctorate degree. You know, people have all kinds of degrees. Why is it that there's just this, this small subsection of PhDs who feel like that's so important as they like feel they need to be addressed as doctor, yet they're not a medical doctor? <laughs> that just torques me to no end. But is that not, isn't a doctorate something to be proud of? Sure it is, but you know what? I live in a town where you can't swing a dead cat without hitting at least three people with an advanced degree. It's not that special. I realize it took a lot of work, and you had to be fairly bright to get it, and you're published, but geez, I'm published. 
But you know, my work is is published on three continents in several different languages, including the language that they speak in Myanmar or Burma. What do, what do they speak there? Burmese, I guess. It's I've seen it in Chinese, in Greek, in Spanish. I'm published internationally, but I don't feel the need to write cartoonist after my name when I sign an email, unless it's you know applicable to the the content of the email. <laughs> you have a PhD, great. I don't care. Don't make me say PhD doctor. Don't don't stick it in your sig unless it's a uh, unless it means. I got friends who hold PhDs and they command respect because they're respectable, not because they have extra letters after their name. Lord, you doctors. You know, I actually just thinking about it right now. You kind of blew it not getting a doctorate. <laughs> And how is that? Because Dr. Cock has such a great ring to it. <laughs> a cock ring, if you will. <laughs> Doc Cock. <laughs> it's like Doc Ock, but not. But just one instead of eight. <laughs> and what, pray tell, would I get a doctorate in anyway? I don't know. Rhetoric? I guess. You could. Yeah. I have a bachelor's in that. Why not? Cartoonery. Cartoonery. I have a PhD in cartoonery. Or your own specialized degree. (laughs) In food service or janitorial. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Not food service at the DQ. No, sorry. (laughs) We we probably ought to check out another nickel slots tune, dude. But first, why don't we talk? We got a little bit of bone bat news. We do? Yes. You know, you've, you've known for a long time that you can find the bone bat show on iTunes. But you can now find the Bone Bat Show on Stitcher. That's right. And you know what? If you are listening to this show right now and you're not listening on Stitcher, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Just stop stop listening, start over, go to Stitcher and, and do it that way. Explain to folks what Stitcher is. It's going to stream the media right to you. You don't have to go and download the whole thing, wait for it to download over your 14.4 modem or whatever the heck you're using, and then play it once it's done downloading and stop in the middle because you had to yell at your kids and then try to find... No, it's going to stream it right to you. And you don't have to sync it up like with iTunes. That's right. You don't sync anything. You just look right there on your portable device, be it an iPhone, be it an Android, whatever you got, bam, Bone Bat Show. You're at the park, bam, Bone Bat Show. You're in you can your find f- it on Sonos. If you've got a Sonos system, bam, Sonos. If you're, say, in your rental car, bam, bone back. Oh, is that the have shit? The extra insurance there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you probably had to get that rider. Yeah. Bone bat sh- What will now be known as the bone bat show rider. They actually have to hose the speakers out afterwards. So That's true. It's horrific. But no, seriously, Stitcher, folks. And what should people do when they go to Stitcher if they love us? When you sign up, use the promo code BONE. Does this cost any money? No, it's absolutely free. It's free. Type in the promo code BONE, though. That is super important to Steve and to me because that will help the Stitcher people realize just how many loyal followers we have and how how awesome we are for Stitcher. We want Stitcher to love us as much as we love Stitcher. So for the love of God, type BONE. Sweet. All right, let's listen to a tune. Yeah, let's. This is from Five Miles Gone by the Nickel Slots, slamming doors and screeching tires. Tars? What's a tar? My name is Kenny Franklin, and I love my wife to death. I pray 
Once again, slamming doors and screeching tires from Five Miles Gone by the Nickel Slots. Where can you buy that CD, Gord? Do you know? Yeah, you can buy it at CD Baby, baby. Awesome. Look for the link on the Bone Bat page. So let's talk about the band a little bit. Yeah, let's. I mean, what is there to say? It's not like one of the bands that you talk about where they've got 85 albums to wade through. and These guys only have two albums to their name. The new one... Five Miles Gone is brand new. And when people ask me, what kind of music is the Nickel Slots? I'm hesitant to say country. But what I do say is, it's country music that doesn't suck. <laughs> That's a good description. Because it's it's kind of got a little rockabilly feel to it sometimes. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're, they're not afraid to rock it. Yeah, and even the last song on the album, Let Your Demons Out, has a little bit of an Irish tone to it, I thought. Yeah, you know, that's that's one kind of bizarre thing about this NorCal country band is that the singer, Tony, as far as I know, he's lived in California his whole life. And yet, on one song on each album, he sort of lilts into this Irish accent. I don't know if he gets possessed by a drunken Irishman or, or what exactly happens there. But yeah, there's a song like that on their first album as well. Yeah, it makes it for some good listening. Maybe they're trying to be multicultural. That might be. I think on their next album, they had to really go for it, though, and do one song with a fake Scottish accent. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm just going to refer to all these guys by their first names. I feel that I'm familiar enough with them. We're just going to do that. Sure. Their lead singer and acoustic guitarist, Tony, used to sing. Well, I guess he still sings also for the Brodies, which is a much more high-energy power pop band with ridiculously fun songs. It's one of those bands you cannot help but bounce off the walls when you see and uh, he writes the songs, and he writes he writes really cool lyrics, mostly from either personal experience or what he feels could be his own personal experience, where life just slightly twisted in another direction. But his songs are story songs, like most good country songs are. They're not big. They're, they're about individuals, and they're about individual experiences. Be they real or make-believe in his head, they sure as hell sound real. The bassist, my friend Paul is also the guy that plays the mandolin, and he plays the pedals, and he's one of those guys that can play any instrument that you throw at him. He plays the trumpet, he, whatever. You got an instrument, Paul can play it. He does backing vocals, and adds some nice uh, dimension to the whole vocal sound. Mm-hmm. And then we got Chris, the drummer, who bangs the skins like nobody's business. Rock solid. Oh yeah, and his brother is the, uh, the guitarist Steve, who... Doesn't really look like he belongs in a country band, to tell you the truth. <laughs> he got some big arms and tattoos, but uh, you can rock it hard and you can rock it slow. Somewhere between country and rock, he, he's all over the place. The new album's got a couple of, uh, of seriously rocking songs, among them Slamming Doors and Screeching Tires, which you just heard, or Tars, as uh, Steve says. <laughs> and uh, my favorite song on the, on the album, The Devil's Chain Gang, which just reminds me of a song that I would have heard on my dad's radio in the pickup truck. As a kid, you just can't help but sing along to it. It rocks just hard enough. It's a song about doing wrong and paying penance. Good stuff. Good stuff all the way around. They are touring sporadically, like you said. I don't know what their tour schedule is, but you can keep up with them on their MySpace page, or you can go to their incredibly long, exhaustingly long website, which is thenickelslotsmusic.com. That's... That's www.thenickelslotsmus. Oh, God, you drew. IC.com. Did you get that? T-H-E-N-I-C-K-E-L-S-L-O-T-S-M-U-S-I-C.com. TheNickelSlotsMusic.com. For the love of God, get a different website, people. Seriously, it, can't you just go to like Tiny Earl Dash Slots or something? I mean, isn't yeah. there anything? Come and on, slots. gentlemen, please. You're killing us. Slot it up. If, if and- nothing else, save the podcasters' tongues. <laughs> we use these tongues. <laughs> these tongues are our livelihood. Now, the other thing you can do, you can visit them on their Facebook page and. Truly exciting news for the band, Sacramento Magazine, a magazine which holds a dear place in my heart, 
has nominated them as one of the best bands in Sacramento. So go to Sacramento Magazine's website, find the Best of Sacramento link, and go and vote for the Nickel Slots because they ought to win it. How cool is that? Now, do you have to be local to Sacramento? Can a Seattleite like myself bust in there and vote for them? I see no reason why not. You've been to Sacramento. I have. These guys are my friends. I'll do whatever it takes to help them win. I don't care. I don't care if you're in Duluth. I don't care if you're in Michigan. I don't care if you're in downtown Sacramento. (laughs) You hear that? Sacramento Magazine. Vote for him. He'll do anything. Hot and cold running blowjobs. I didn't say that. (laughs) You said anything. Oh, well, even I have some limits. (laughs) That's very cool. And you know what? We also have a copy. What do we have? A copy of the CD to give away, correct? Let's give it. Is it autographed by the band? Yes. I heard something about that. Yes, an autographed CD. Autographed by the band, not just autographed by Steve and me, because that would be worthless. <laughs> exactly. So how is, how can this, our listeners win this incredible largesse? <laughs> largesse? Largesse. Wow. That's a word. Look it up. Yeah. No, you'd probably play it in Words with Friends, and it would kill me, and then my phone would crash. <laughs> the way you can win this... This amazing CD is to go to the Bone Bat Facebook page and type Nickel Slots. And we will select one person who has typed Nickel Slots on the Bone Bat Facebook page randomly, and we'll send them this thing. We'll do it. Just like Stitcher. Cost you nothing. Because that's how we roll. We take care of our people, man. All right, so before we get into another song, you got a political rant this week? I do. I've got a political rant. Wait, don't turn it off yet, people. I realize I, about some things, I, I am a little out there. I am a little paranoid. I do need to get fitted for the tinfoil hat. I understand that. <laughs> so, you know what? This this week's is going to be a tinfoil hat rant. Okay. okay. I want to talk about nanoparticles. And this is political in a, in a sideways kind of way. I'm not against nanotechnology. I, in fact, think it's the way of the future. But damn, just, I think they ought to let me know when they're putting nanoparticles in my consumer goods. So I have the choice to avoid them if I want. That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying don't use nanoparticles, but I'm saying somebody, I don't know who, the government, the feds, the FAA, I don't know. Somebody responsible for consumer goods, hey, maybe the Consumer Protection Agency, ought to just have, you know, nanoparticles included. Nanoparticles are not natural. They are man-made. They're man-made engineered bits of matter that are so tiny, they can be smaller than a wavelength of visible light. In fact, the way... They color some nanoparticles is they make them of the appropriate size that they want it to be like red, say. They make the particles the same size as red light. So red light wavelengths are the only things that bounce off it. They're that tiny. They're freaking amazing. And you can use these things to make machines one molecule at a time. But really the only place we're seeing them right now is not in a machine form. It's just individual particles. But their effects on us have not really been studied well. And their effects on the world have not been studied thoroughly. And it, it freaks me out a little bit. I think we should at least know when they're there. Do you suspect that you've ever consumed nanoparticles? I have no doubt in my mediocre mind, because I've used products that have them. Such as? Uh, well, such as sunscreen. sunscreen? Uh, let me get to that. Okay. The thing about these particles and the way we're just embracing them, and companies are embracing them and using them, it, it reminds me of our love affair with everything radioactive during my dad's youth. Or our carefree use of asbestos once we figured out how to make a nice fiery target material out of it. Or the plentiful, wonderful lead the Romans used to make cooking vessels. I want to talk about two kinds of nanoparticles. 
and give you an idea of why I'm worried. And the first one is the one that I'm sure I have consumed, put it in my body, and that's zinc. Zinc, little bitty bits of zinc is great stuff for reflecting the sun and upping the SPF level of sunscreen. And they put it in sunscreen because it works. It's great. But what happens when you get the zinc in your body? I don't know. I don't know what happens if you get these little particles that are so small they can just slip right into your cells and lodge wherever. I don't know what happens. I'm pretty sure you can get some bad things happening to you if you get enough zinc in your body. And this stuff is its going to get there. They've done tests. They put nanoparticle-laden sunscreen on cells, and they look, and it's inside the cells. Picture this. Picture a wad of yarn. Your, your wife, Steve, she does a lot of this knitting thing. You know what yarn's like. I do. Just, just take this wad, this yarn, and wad it up in your hand, and just keep wadding and wadding and wadding until you have a wad of yarn that's like the size of a bus. Okay, picture that. That is, that is a skin cell. And there's, see how there's like space in between the strands of yarn? There's something small enough. It can actually fit in there. Now picture a dump truck, like full of staples. It'll be the staples. Those staples would be the nanoparticles to this bus size yarn skin cell. And if the dump truck were to dump said staples on the yarn, they would reflect the light off. The yarn would not get sunburned. But some of those staples would get in the yarn. And what happens when that happens? Nobody knows. The companies that push this stuff out say, oh, we studied it, nothing happens. Bullshit. You've not studied it enough. You don't really know. So that worries me. I want the ability to go, perhaps I do not want the sunscreen because it has nanoparticles in it. That's all I'm asking. So is that nanotechnology is a new thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I read, what was that uh, Michael Crichton book? Prey, I think it was. There was that, and there was that other book by, written by the same guy that wrote Snow Crash Neil about nanotech. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like 10, 15 years ago, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's only really just becoming commercially viable in the last like five years. So that's when it's been put into the suntan lotion, not prior. Yeah, we, we don't have enough. We don't have 20 years of research. So they've, like, they've changed the formulation of copper tone or whatever. Yeah, now it's zinc tone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God forbid it's copper because copper would be actually some poisonous shit. But yeah, yeah, a lot of these sunscreens that have super high SPFs, they've got wonderful little particles of zinc in there that are too small to see, too small to filter, and where they go is anybody's guess. Zinc is in your vitamins, though. It's toxic? I guess so. The zinc, I think, chromium and stuff that they put in the the regular old-fashioned sunscreen, like that shit is so incredibly toxic and you're rubbing it on your skin. Is it really like that zinc oxide shit that you used to put on your nose, that white stuff? So they say, I don't know, I've never gotten nose cancer. I remember in college, like, the hip thing was to buy, like, that stuff that was different colors. like Yeah, and blue and whatever. Yeah, I had some of that for a while. You know, when I would ski a lot, I would just burn the shit out of my nose. And the only thing that would keep my nose from burning was that zinc oxide stuff. And so that was just my thing. I'd just stick zinc oxide on my nose and go skiing. Wow. What did you say was the second example? All right, the second example is silver and silver nanoparticles are found in all this odor-free clothing you're starting to see odor-free socks undergarments that sort of stuff i have not purchased or worn any of these items because i know what they got but i guess the best way to think about it is why why they put silver in these things is what makes you stink when you sweat it's not the sweat that makes you stink it's the bacteria eating the sweat and farting out the stink Mm -hmm. and 
what the silver does is it kills the bacteria. So no bacteria, you don't stink. You so know the why bacteria, it kills bacteria? So the bacteria essentially are like little werewolves. <laughs> They're little stink factories. Little stinky, filthy werewolves. Okay, go ahead. I got you. All right. So do you know why the silver kills the bacteria? Because it's shaped like bullets? Because it's fucking poison. <laughs> ah, there you go. So you've got this poison, which not only kills werewolves, it's in your underwear, in your socks, whatever, killing the bacteria. Well, it's poison. What if it gets into you? What if it washes out in the wash? Like studies have shown that it does. Just like the the color on your old Iron Maiden t-shirt is, is washed out. It's now into the water system and it's too small to filter out. What happens to all that poison that's such a tiny level it can slip right into the cells of you or a tree or a fish and there's nothing you or anyone else can do anything about it? I don't know. They had to study this. That is my tinfoil hat rant. If you're going to use nanoparticles, for the love of God, just put it on the side of the can so I know to avoid it. See, I I don't know that I'm that worried about the zinc or silver because the aluminum I've been ingesting because of my deodorant for years is going to give me Alzheimer's anyway. (laughs) And I won't even notice that I've got silver and zinc on me. Well, thank God for aluminum then. (laughs) So how about another song? This is your favorite, right? It's my favorite, yeah. Devil's Chain Gang. Well, I'm on the devil's chain gang. I'm shackled to his leg. Each shovel full of dirt berries, one wickedness I've made. From sunrise till sundown, each and every day, I'm on the devil's chain gang, and I'm shackled to his leg. Shovel, try to make amends. Well, I'm on the devil's chain gang. I'm shackled to his leg. Each shovel full of dirt berries, one wickedness I've made. From sunrise till sundown, each and every day, I'm on the devil's chain gang, and I'm shackled to his leg.
Shackled to his leg, the devil's chain gang, and I'm shackled to his leg. The devil's chain gang, and I'm shackled to his leg. The devil's chain gang, I'm shackled to his leg. The devil's chain gang, and I'm shackled to his leg. The devil's chain gang, I'm shackled to his leg. Right, once again, Devil's Chain Gang by the Nickel Slots from the album Five Miles Gone. Buy it! Buy it now! Today! Or win it, alternately. No, buy it and then also win it. No, don't just trust that you're going to win it. You need to buy it. That way you're sure you can get it. (laughs) There you go. And try to win it, and if you do win it, you can give it to your cousin or something. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, multimedia triage? Multimedia triage. Should we just... Should we just go with the obvious and talk about Dance of Dragons? Yeah, so have you finished it? Yep. Okay, let's talk. All right. The man needs an editor. To what extent uh, do we need to throw down a spoiler warning here? Well, spoiler alert. I'm not going to spoil anything, but but you probably will. But it's been out long enough. Spoiler alert, okay? Okay. People, I'm not spoiling anything when I tell you that Mr. R.R. Martin needs an editor badly because... There were so many instances in this book that were seemed like impossibly long lists, especially when he's talking food. I understand he's a man who appreciates food, but he's just going on and on and on with these improbable food combinations they're eating at these feasts. Boiled tarpon and pickled cherries julienned in a rusty egg sauce with whale (laughs) anus. What? And it just the next fried chicken, boiled chicken, shrimp. Roots, rutabagas, it, it's like a whole page and a half. Like, fuck. Do we, do we really need that? So or when they go in the Hall of Shields and he starts describing the heraldry on all the shields, there's burn men and stripe men and stick men and men made out of little circles and fish and hens and chickens and whales and skeletons and a, a black thing that kind of looked like the mole on my sister's butt. It's just, <laughs> there Lord. were 3,000 shields in the hall. All of which I'm going to describe to you right now. <laughs> In painful detail, one run-on sentence. I don't even know if he talks like this. In my mind, George R.R. R. Martin talks like this. Actually, he probably talks like this because he's got a chicken leg in his mouth. Okay, but I mean, aside from that and the other nitpicks I had last time, what did you think of the story? Were you satisfied with where it ended? Or did you find yourself kind of saying, huh, at the end of the day, I thought more would have happened with the main characters. It almost felt like they got to a place where they were just going to stop for a while. Yeah, I thought the, the Daenerys story was, was pretty complete. Nice little arc there. I like that. I thought Jon Stone's story was pretty complete. Nice arc there. I like that. I thought he, I thought he had the best arc in the book, actually. Yeah, but Bran? What? And... Arya, whom I love dearly and could 
use more of her story. It was just like a little. Right. But it, it was kind of like. And Tyrion's okay. story went nowhere. Yeah, that's he what I'm talking everywhere, about. But his Tyrion, story went nowhere. Tyrion, his plot progresses. He gets to a point and it's like, okay, set up for book six. Now we're not going to talk about him for very much for 100 pages. You know, and I mean, he, he there's some machinations, but he doesn't really go beyond where he's at. Yeah, really, he, Same he thing is with Daenerys. not much further along than he was at the start of the book, yet he covered thousands of miles. Right. Daenerys, the, at the end of the book, something big happens, and that's that was interesting. And same with Jon Snow, I thought his arc was, like I said, the best in the book. And maybe that's saying something about where the series is going to go with, you know, Jon Snow, Daenerys maybe being the biggest figures. I'm not. I don't know. That's kind of a theory I have. But yeah, and I, I don't know what's what's her name, Greyjoy. It was almost like he couldn't decide whether or not to include her in the story. Yeah, and th- same thing with with Stannis. I don't know. Editor, get an editor, George. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But he's, you know, I mean, George R. R. Martin is like Stephen King now. I don't know that he is really editable. Yeah, you may be right. When when you get to be that big and that powerful, who's going to tell you? You know, hey, you're you're a little wordy here. Wordy? Fuck you! I'll I'll show you wordy. (laughs) Wait till you read about this next meal. (laughs) This meal is going to be held in a hall with even more shields. I shall describe every bit. But that said. This is the kind of making fun of something like you do with your brother. I, I love these books. And oh, so yeah, read I the probably book. mock them. Cool. They're great books. And totally entertaining. And I want to know where this story goes. I'm on board. You know, I'll be there day day one when the next two books come out. Yep. Hopefully just two. Hopefully not three. Yeah. I'm signed up. I'm good. Yeah. So what else is going on? Well, you know, I read a book... Remember I told you I was reading a book about Vikings, then I lost it because of my house? Yeah. Yeah, I finished it. The book is by uh, Bernard Cornwell, and it's called The Burning Land. And it's about the, the wars in England between the Danish Vikings, if you will, and the uh, the new Christian powers in, in the south of England and in that war. And it follows one particular character who's, who's kind of like Alcibiades in the Peloponnesian Wars. Except it's set in England, and something with like easy for you to say, Peloponnesian or Alcibiades, <laughs> both. But it's it's got fire and killing and war and and long ships and adventure and still, you know what? That book was boring. Was it? I don't. You know, I don't recommend it. Did, have you read that? You know what? Somewhere around here, I have. That is it. Part of a series. I have a Bar- Bernard Cornwell book with a Viking ship on the front of it. Somewhere in this pile of books here. He writes a whole boatload of historical. So I, I have one. And I, I was kind of excited when I, you know, heard you start to talk about it, but now I'm just bummed. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's one of those books. It's you'll like read you put the, tell me the, I'm dumb I am, the zinc of disappointment into your <laughs> book review. It's zinc or swim. <laughs> oh God! Did you really? That was terrible. That was where you went. Yeah, I went there. Uh, what else have I been occupying my time with? I finally saw. The King's Speech. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for not interrupting. You know, I've wondered how a story about stuttering could occupy me for two hours. And that has been what has kept me from that film. 
actually, as an elocutionist myself, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I liked it. And it was bizarre to see, what's her name, Helena Bonham Carter uh, as something other than a uh, goth harpy. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think I even knew that she was in it. She's was, the queen. And Mel Tillis was fantastic in it, wasn't he? Who was Mel Tillis? <laughs> He's a stuttering oh, country no, music shit, singer I, who used to be I in a bunch of light beer from my... Miller commercials back in the day. <laughs> Bro, nothing, huh? Right. Nothing, Never sorry. <laughs> what can I say? It's saying. won awards. You, you've probably already seen it. If you haven't and you're on the fence, yeah, see it. It's a good movie. All right. What, what about you? Besides this massive tome by Mr. R.R. Martin, what have you been uh, enjoying? You know, I, I've kind of... I haven't been, since I finished L.A. Noir and I finished Duke Nukem and Dragon Age 2, I don't know. I've been kind of hesitant to get into another big video game right away. Maybe yeah, we got packs coming up, too. Maybe because of my wife will kill me if I do. But I, I've been playing a couple of casual games that I've been enjoying. Uh, first, as a game by a local video game company here in Redmond called Hipsoft. And uh, they have this game, their, their most popular game, which is called Build-A-Lot. And it's kind of like a real estate game where basically you're given lots and you can hire workers and you can build. You'll have like a time limit and a goal of, say, build so many Tudor houses and colonial houses or ramblers or whatever in a set finite amount of time. And it's almost like a laid back version of SimCity or kind of StarCraft without the combat does the combat come later when the little residents can't make their payments to the bank and then they get foreclosed upon? Exactly. Yeah, that's how it works. The bankers and then, yeah, the economic collapse. No, that isn't in there at all. It's just oh. a very light, fun game. If you're into casual games, yeah, I think you'll find this one really compelling. You should check it out. And from what I understand, I've only played part of the first one. But each one, there's like, I think they're up to build a lot four or five now. And each one has like a different game mechanic that kind of shifts everything. And so I think it would probably be pretty addictive and something worth checking out. I kind of felt that I almost wanted more urgency. After building the houses, I wanted aliens to destroy them. I admit it. It's like in those old SimCity games where you could actually have the uh, the tornado happen or the earthquake or whatever. Exactly. But they're, they're fun. They're brightly colored. You know, if you want to play like a game for five minutes... It's something that, you know, is a kind of a good time waster. So I'd say check it out. And if you're interested in real estate at all, you'd probably love it. So take a look at Build-A-Lot. Plus, I don't know how long this will last, but I just noticed that Build-A-Lot 1 and 2 are free for download from iTunes. So scoop them up while you can. Then the, the other one, though, that's really been occupying me is a game I got for $0.99 cents on my iPod. And it's called Coin Drop. Do you know this yeah. game? No, I don't know this. It's kind of like a pachinko pinball machine type of thing. Maybe a little bit of Peggle mixed in where you basically drop a coin and it bounces off a bunch of little pins. And there are these little like grumpy faced coins that you have to knock off of the board each time in order to advance to the next level. And it is so addicted. I've, I've played like 50 levels in a week. <laughs> and it's, it's totally like just eye candy, brightly colored cute music cute graphics you're always unlocking something or other like you can unlock different coins and different levels and all just all kinds of cool stuff and it's really fun and for 99 cents you can't beat it for a time waster you know you whip it out in the line of the post office or something like that 
the game. You I know, mean. they don't let me go in the post office anymore because I whipped it out in line. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just do the game, but it's a lot of fun. Check out Coin Drop. And that's really it. That's all I've been up to. I know, kind of a paltry uh, triage this week. Yeah, it's all right. We'll have more next week. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe we should make up for it with an excellent round of filthy jokes. Oh, crap. I don't have an excellent one. Are we capable of that? <laughs> I don't think so. Mine's brilliant, though. I got a, I've got a filthy joke. I was at a party, and I was told a joke by a seven-year-old kid that I hadn't heard before. And it made me laugh, and I'm going to tell it right now. And it's a filthy joke. What's invisible and smells like bananas? What? Monkey farts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was funny. Not all that filthy. It's, it's, it's amusing. I've heard it that before. Oh, see, I hadn't heard it. How did I get this far in life without hearing it? So, Dave. You know Dave. Yeah, Dave. He's vice president of this large corporation. One day, Wait, did you he know, keep a dead whore in a cave? He did not. Oh, one day, one day recently, he gets to work, and he, he gets called into the office by the president of the company, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith brings him into the office. He says, Dave, you know, times are tough. We've got to make cutbacks in all of our departments. Yours, no exception. I'm afraid that Jack or Barbara will have to be laid off. Dave looks at Mr. Smith and says, you know, Barbara's my best worker, and Jack has a wife and three kids. I don't know who to fire. The president says, this is not an easy decision. But it's yours to make. This is your responsibility. I'm afraid you have until tomorrow to decide. So Dave goes home that night. He's just, you know, completely in his head. He, he goes to bed. He tosses and turns all night. He just can't stop thinking about, you know, this, this decision. It's just driving him nuts. Finally, he, he decides he can't sleep, so he decides to go into work early. He ends up just kind of shuffling papers and pacing around his office, you know, waiting for the employees to arrive. So it turns out that Barbara is the first one to come in. And so Dave calls her into the office and says, Barbara, I've got a problem. You see, I've got to lay you or Jack off, and I just don't know what to do. Barbara says, well, I guess you'd batter Jack off. You're not really my type. <laughs> oh, and she got canned as a result. Yeah, that's funny. Come on! <laughs> I delivered that perfectly. The way you did, I... but I saw, Bar- I saw lay, lay Barbara Jack off coming like a mile away. <laughs> Uh, okay, monkey farts. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we weren't capable of telling good I guess not. jokes that was, this time. Yeah, all right. I tried. What can I do? All right. Thank you. So I'd like to thank Paul and the Nickel Slots for providing us with both the killer music for this episode and the CD that we will be giving away. Yes, Five Miles Gone. Go to the Bone Bat Facebook page, write Nickel Slots, and you might win it. Also, thank you to Stitcher for joining forces with the mighty Bone Bat Empire. That's right. Go to Stitcher. Listen to the show that way. Type in Bone. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557. Or you can reach us via email at steve at bonehand.com. Got new content every Sunday at bonehand.com, including the heavy half hour. And you can find my work, such as it is, at mightywombat.com. Oh, yeah, and Twitter, Mighty underscore Wombat. I haven't been doing the whole Twitter thing much lately. I need to get back on that. You do. I'm on Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand over there. Or you can follow the Bonebat Twitter group. We also have the aforementioned Facebook page where you will win your Nickel Slot CDs. You know, we, we post stuff there all the time. I do. I post silly stuff over there. We try to make it entertaining, so give it a look. And also, if you like what we do, please do us a favor and spread the word. Tell a friend. And tell a friend to listen to the show by using Stitcher and typing in Bone. That's the thing. 
Have I made this clear enough? I think you made it clear. Thank you for listening. Our closing tune tonight. Another one from the Nickel Slots, of course. This is Let Your Demons Out, the Irish-inflected tune we talked about before. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I I do have a good one. (laughs) Have a good one, I Magically delicious. (laughs) Who's magically delicious? Me. I'm magically delicious. (laughs) When sadness isn't dangerous And angst doesn't mean you're suffering When banners are only made of cloth You'll sing a lonely death row song
you happy with everything so far? Yeah, I'm kind of a stuttering idiot, though. Other than that, that shit okay. won't be there. You're going to sound like Ricardo Montalban when I'm done. <laughs> I'm sitting on a chair made of Cordoban leather. <laughs> I thought it was genuine Corinthian leather. Oh, that's what it is, Corinthian leather. <laughs> Cordoban? What's a Cordoban? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a cigar, but I'm not sure. I think it's a Chrysler Cordoba. <laughs> Chrysler Cordoban. What kind of seats do they have in the Cordoban? They have Corinthian leather. <laughs> oh, wait, it's the Corinthian plether. Excuse me. <laughs> this is the base model. 